Praise God. Wait a minute. We have dead people here? Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Good evening, Potter's House, Coral Springs. Amen, amen. Okay, thank God we got some people that are awake around here. That's good. Anyway, I want to thank Pastor Rose for, uh, uh, you know, and I, and I think it's so important when she said we need to pray, and she she asked to pray for Susan. I mean, we need to pray all the time for one another, but for people that are hurting, people that are going through a lot. And then Pastor Pam, my wife, and I'll tell you what, what what's going on with her. And then others that we need to continue praying for, like Sister Marie. Because, you know, we are a praying church. We love, we love our brothers and sisters. No matter what, if you, maybe you don't agree with them all the time, it's okay. We still got to pray for them. Okay? But I want to thank you for definitely praying for Pam. We were invited to, uh, to just a little uh, get together right after uh, Christmas Day at the pastor's house that I pastored with at the at the homeless shelter. A lot of you know him. And he had his grandchildren, uh, both boys, that were there with mom and dad. They were visiting from Washington, D.C. And, uh, <clears throat> and so we were talking and all that, and I heard uh, the oldest of the two boys coughing and sneezing a lot. But he was not anywhere close to me. He was on the other side of the room. And then the, uh, my friend said, I, I ordered some stuff from Sam's Club. Uh, I'm going to go pick it up. You, you, you don't mind waiting here? I said, no, I'll come with you. We'll go in my, in my truck. And so when I came back, uh, Sister Pam told me that the young man was continuing sneezing and coughing. When she got close to him to pray over him, he sneezed and coughed, and all of that came on her face. Now... I don't, you know, I, again, I don't know if it was him. I'm not a doctor. But here's the thing that I want you to think about for a second. They had their shots because her parents believe in that. Even though they're believers, they live in Washington, D.C. They have their COVID shots and they have their flu shots. And yet, Sister Pam has a cold that's wicked. I mean, uh, she's been uh, a little sore throat. Not COVID or anything like that, but... Uh, it's miserable, and it's hit her, and she's been under the weather for four days now. So, you know, I asked myself, Wait a minute, I thought if you took the shot, and you have the flu shot, and you got that shot, you will be okay. But listen, I worked as a teacher for many years, as a principal too, assistant principal, and I would have kids come to my office sneezing and, 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 and coughing and, and things like that, and they always got everybody sick. That's why I always have my, my Lysol can with me because they would come in my office and they want to use the phone to call their home. But anyway, I wanted to share that and thank you so much uh, for praying for her. She should be back on Sunday. She misses you and she loves you and she's watching right now. So I better look good. <laughs> I better behave and do a good job. Anyway, the story goes, the story goes a father and a son were on a wagon their horse and they were hightailing in this prairie land, huge land that they were, uh, they lived in on one part of it. And they were running quickly and the horse was taking them really quick because there was a fire, a tremendous fire. 
chasing them. Now, raise your hand if you have ever seen on the news fires in places like California. Uh, I guess, okay, there you go. I don't know if there have been many fires in the Philippines. I don't know if there's sometimes fires, uh, Brother Chris, in Jamaica. But, you know, here's the thing about fires. I'm not a fireman. I'm not an expert. But fires that are not contained immediately, they can definitely run and take over an area within the matter of minutes. I read this. I studied this a little bit before you know, preparing the message of the Holy Spirit place in my heart. And, and I also saw it in a movie that was a true story. So this boy and his dad were, were racing and the fire was not that far from them. I couldn't tell you because it doesn't say how far it was. And they kept going and going. And then the father brings the, the horse, the wagon to a halt. And, and the, the son looked at him and the son said, Father, what's going on? He's told him, get off the wagon. He, he uh, drove the wagon a little bit away from, you stay right here. And then as he, as he was watching his father, he then took the harness off the horse and let the horse run free. And the horse took off like the wind because animals can tell when there's danger, even animals. And you'll hear it and see it on the news. So the horse ran, and the father immediately said to the son, Son, I need you to help me dig a ditch and a circle, and I want to go this, this wide. And the son, but father, we have to run. Why did you let go of the horse? We need to run with, with the horse in the direction he's running. And the father said, No, son, listen to me. Help me dig the ditch all around trenches, all around in a circle, and you and I are going to stand in the circle. And the son looked at the father like he was going out of his mind. And they could see the fire. And the fire had gained the whip. And it was there's just really no way to escape to the left or to the right. And as they're digging the trench all the way around and getting rid of any grass in the area and all and, and, and just putting dirt in, in, in areas of the trench. Um, the, the son said to the father again, Father, I still don't understand why are we not running? The fire is upon us. It's going to kill us. It's going to develop us. And, and, and we, we're going to die. And the father so calmly said to the son, Son, didn't you see what I did? We dug the trench. I got rid of the grass all the way around. And the fire will have nowhere to go inside the circle. Because we have killed we will have killed all the grass in the area where the fire is looking for something to be able to continue moving forward. The fire will actually go around us. The son was still perplexed. Father, because the fire was almost like 10 feet away. And the father looked at the son and said, son, stand with me. Trust in me. We are going to be okay. So the story goes that they did survive. They did survive. But I want you to think about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was mocked, ridiculed, whipped, spit on, and whipped with a cat of nine tails. 
If you remember what that was, it was a whip that had like razor blades at the end of it, and it hooked into the skin. I'm not trying to make you gross. I hope you didn't just finish eating and want to throw up here. But it went into this, the, the skin of the living Christ. And, and when, they, when the soldiers were pulling the whip back, it would pull the skin from the bone. It was the most horrendous thing. And Jesus Christ took that whipping, that mocking, that spitting, that ridiculing, that put down to, to shame in front of everyone for you and for me, for all of us. The work that Jesus Christ did on the cross for you and I, we can never forget. Because Jesus' work on the cross, he conquered death, number one. He conquered uh, the, the death that was, that was coming upon us, that the Father in heaven was saying that it was going to come. But he gave his only begotten son. And he took all the fire upon himself. If you want to look at it that way. Okay. But yet, here's what the word of God tells us. Before we open in prayer. Well, the word of God tells us that. When we are with Christ. In Christ. Nothing but nothing. Can come against us. Nothing. And Philippians 4.13 says, we can do all things through him that strengthens us. So think about the story as we're going through this about the father and the son. And how important it is to understand that when we are in Christ, we have nothing to worry about. Do we worry? Yeah, we do. We're human. We're human. Do we think about ways out? Yes, we do. But when we believe in Christ that nothing is impossible for him, you watch what he will do. You watch the miracles that Christ will do. Let's go in prayer. Father God, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the message tonight. Father God, let the message, Lord, deliver many of us. Father God, let this message that comes through the Holy Spirit, Lord, bless us and give us understanding. As Pastor Rose said, we're asking for more wisdom. More wisdom, and the wisdom not from the world, but the wisdom from you, Lord Christ. And Father God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for my brothers and sisters that came to be with us tonight. I thank you, Lord, for the word that's coming through the Holy Spirit, because I cannot do it any justice. I thank you, Lord. In your precious name I pray, amen. Now wait a minute. Am I seeing things, or what? Is there a man in the room Wait a minute. Oh my God, it's my brother in the house. Oh my God. That is so good. You know, I, I told my brothers, I, I love my brothers in this church, and I love you ladies too, my sisters. But I always tell them, hey, if you want to come and listen to the word, come. And they know that I'm also saying, please come and support me. And and, and my brothers are here to support me, and, and I'm thankful, and I love you for that. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for being here. Um, but anyway, the title of this message tonight is, When is it too late? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now some people will say, come on, Pastor Pete, you have preached that it's never too late. Yeah, I still believe in that. But there's incidents 
that happened and will happen in your life. When it be, may be too late. If you were here for the study of the book of Revelations, you notice that Jesus was still chasing after the seven churches. Jesus was still chasing after the people, after, uh, after people that didn't know him. And he will continue doing that. Why? Because he wants, he wants all of us to be with him one day in heaven. Okay? But there's going to be people that are going to say no. They're going to walk away. And we might as well face it. You know, I, I, I'm not saying that you and I are not to continue bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to others and loving on them and sharing the word with them and praying for them. I've never, I would never be that kind of a person. I can never, I can never turn my back on anyone. I have to be there as best I can. I'm not going to save them, but Christ will save them if they're willing to what? Have ears to hear and eyes to see. And so, church, I want us to think about this. Some have come through the front and back doors of Potter's House of Coral Springs. Through that front door, and we used to have the back door open. We still have, a, have it open during uh, Saturday's men's service, okay? And one team, they come through the door and, and, and you know you want to ask him as they come in because you're kind of curious. Well, why, why, why did you show up? Well, some of the people that I have spoken to afterwards that have come on a Sunday or a Saturday during men's Bible study, I have asked them why. Why did you come? And a lot of them, it, it's pretty pretty typical answer. Most of us would say, "Well, I come because I want the blessing. I want the blessing of God." And, and there's nothing wrong with wanting the blessing of God, with wanting the healing of God, okay? There's nothing wrong. But here's what's happened. They will come. They're all smiling sometimes, not all the time. They're clapping. They're even singing hallelujah and praising God. And they even allow others to pray with them. I'm talking about Potter Salsa. Now, this happens in every church, but I'm talking about the house that I serve in, the house that I love, which is the house of Jesus Christ, Potter's House, Coral Springs. Okay? So, they even let others pray, but truly, in their hearts, they want the saving, and this is going to be hard, they want the saving, but not the Savior. Think about that. You know, I used to be one of those. I used to be one that could, man, I, I gotta pray, I gotta pray. I'm, I'm having a test. When I was in elementary school, uh, Sister Sophie, I, I know you you were not even uh, a thought in your mom and dad's mind, because I'm, I'm an old guy. This is back in the prehistoric days. But but when I when I was a little guy, and I, anytime I used to have to take a test, Brother Chris, I would pray, and I would pray. And then I finally, handed that to my mother, and I would ask my mother to pray for me when I would do a lot of wicked stuff because I was walking in darkness. And I thought, Professor Brother Ron, I thought that prayer would save me, would be forever, be fine, and I could do it all over again tomorrow. But I'm trying to tell you that's not the way it works. 
That's not the way it works. And I don't mean to insult anybody that believes one save, always save. That is in the word of God. But I always say this from the pulpit, that we need to realize, listen, it doesn't give us a license to continue sinning when the sin is right in front of your face and you can go another way. Because what does Jesus do? Jesus provides a way out. He will never give us more than what we can handle. I love that about my Lord. But a lot of us, including me, we try to push the envelope. We try to do it our way. Oh, I know. I, 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 I mean, I know. I'm not saying that you, you are going to say this. Oh, I don't need God right now. I got it together, man. But there's been times that sometimes we go through thoughts. Uh, I'm not going to bother Jesus. Well, I got to tell you, I've learned so much because I knocked my, myself, my head against the wall so many times. Now I go to Jesus, Sister Sophie, for everything. I, I am so, I ask him for a good parking spot when I have to go to a doctor's appointment or go anywhere where there's no parking. Lord, please help me, Lord. Uh, you know, and, and some people will say, you can you pray for a parking spot? Amen. Listen, you can ask anything of God. Amen. But what did I preach on a month, a month and a half ago or so? If it's not in the heart, it's not going to work. You've got to be real. You've got to be real. You've got to be real with God, and you've got to be real with yourself. Maybe you can keep some stuff from us, but you've got to be real with the Almighty, because He knows everything you and I do. Everything you and I do. So if you could, let's go to Hebrews 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 16 through 17. <clears throat> Hebrews 12. 16 through 17, and here's what the Word of God says. Lest there be any fornicator or a profane person like Esau, Esau, who for one morsel of food, you remember him, <clears throat> remember him and Jacob, sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. Mm. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently, diligently with tears. And I know people say, wait a minute. Why, why did God do this? Why did God reject him? Remember the title of this message? When is it too late? See, when we continue thinking it's okay to live a life of sin over and over again, guess what God does? God will take his hands off of you and off of me. And he just lets us run. Because we, we can get to a point that we start convincing us ourselves, it's no big deal. If I lie to the IRS a little bit, it's no big deal. Everybody else does it. Come on, give me a break. Maybe you saved me $200. What's $200? But it's a sin, because you lie. And I would lie. Any one of us would lie. So, important points here. Here we find Ezra sold his own birthright for a single meal. Now, if you're fasting like me, and we're fasting for these 40 days, 
whatever you're fasting about, okay? I, I fast 21 days of no food, but just liquids and, and well, yeah, food. I'm sorry, vegetables are food and, and fruits are food. I remember the first time uh, I, we started doing that as a church here when we were coming to the press. I remember saying to Sister Emmy, oh my goodness, I may have to buy, and I hope I don't gross anybody out, I may have to buy a new toilet because all the fruit and vegetables I'm eating, oh my goodness, there was major detoxification going on in my body. But, but you know, that, that's not the, the whole point here. This man, Jacob's brother, was more worried about a meal and he was worried about what God wanted him to keep. Honor God to receive his blessing. Okay? So, so we know what happens when he desired, desired to inherit the blessing from his father. He was rejected by God. He was rejected by God. Esau was rejected. Found no place for repentance. For he truly sought for it with tears. Listen, I'm not trying to give you uh, a no good, good feel message. I'm trying to give you a wake up call message. If we continue, any one of us, and that's including me, I always include myself with everything, because most of these messages are for me. Anyway, but if we continue thinking that we can deceive God, and get the covering and blessing we want and live the life we want to live secretly, oh, nobody's going to find out. Well, the only one who has to find out is Jesus Christ. And then what was promised to you may not come to you. I've had people at the shelter where I pastor at, they, they, they say with me, you know what, Pastor Pete? Man, I pray, I pray, I pray. And in my prayers, never get answered. I don't know. You know, you preached the other day that, you know, that if you pray, God will answer the prayers. You know, uh, uh, seek and you will find, you know, what's going on. I said, well, let's sit down and talk. And I kid you not, Brother Taurus, when I finished speaking with them, they look at me and they go, oh, man. I need a lot of help from above. Not me, because I can't do anything for that person. But a lot of help from above. Understanding that you always, always must leave your sins at the foot of the cross each and every day. You and I. Each and every day. So it is definitely most important. Another rejected one was Judas. Think of Judas. Think of Judas' plan. Judas was not just a guy that wanted to make extra money. Okay, for selling, selling out to Jesus. But Judas' plan was a bigger plan, Brother Ron. He wanted to put together his idea that if he did plan A and plan B, it would equal plan C, where Christ would then become king of Judah and take, take care of the Roman Empire. It doesn't work that way. Remember what Bishop Lyle said on Sundays, his plans are not our plans. His thoughts are not our thoughts. 
And Judah thought Judas thought it was all going to work out. And we know how that ended. We know how that ended. And Christ did not save him. He hung. He hung himself. To me, one of the worst deaths that could be. He hung himself. These two individuals had every possible opportunity as much as any person in their times of knowing and following God. They knew his word, had heard his promises, had seen his miracles, had had fellowship with, with, with his people, yet with determined willingfulness, heavy-duty word, because when you're determined and you're willing to do it, man, you're going to go. You're going to do it. Okay, they turned their backs on on God and the things of God. These two individuals, think about Ananias and his wife Sapphira. When the apostles were trying to help, ask people, the community, to sell what you have to help the, the needy, to help the ones that were hurting, and they rushed and they came and. But they didn't sell enough. They didn't sell what they promised to sell. And if you know the story, God struck them dead right there. First Ananias and then his wife. They were struck dead. There was no way back. No way back. And again, I repeat this because I'm saying we cannot keep thinking that we can keep dabbling in the things of the world and thinking the world is going to provide a way out for us and that it's going to be okay with Christ. It is not. You cannot serve two masters, you and I. You cannot have one foot with Christ and one foot in this crazy world of ours, broken world. We cannot. It never happens. It never will. We're either all in for Christ or we're not. Oh, wait a minute. Come on, Brother Pete. You mean I, 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 wait a minute, I love Jesus, I know Jesus, I'll tell you the story of what happened. At the shelter, right before New uh, Christmas Eve, one of the gentlemen that lives there with us at the shelter, he had been there for two months. White, white dude, 51 years old, red hair, he looked like your typical red, red, red hair, red hair. But he always... You know, I led him to, we led him to Christ, and, and he every time you see him, he was always smiling and, and, and praising God and, and saying, man, look what God is doing for me in my life. And so one Monday night I come in, and a couple of people met me outside of the cafeteria. We were on service inside the cafeteria of the homeless shelter. And they go, Pastor Pete, we've got to talk to you. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's going on? Well, so-and-so is asking for you. Well, I'm coming in. Is any in there? No. He signed himself out. And he's outside. I said, wait a minute. I just came from the outside in here. Well, he's on the other side, over here, but still in the front area of the shelter. So I said, okay. So... I went inside, I told the other pastor, I know I'm bringing the word tonight, but they're asking for, for me to go out to meet with so-and-so. 
and you may have to come a little bit later when I come in. So I went outside, and here I run into this brother that had given his life to Christ, was doing great, would come to Bible study, would come to Monday night ministry, always had a smile. And when I got close to him, I kid you not, Brother Doug, I was no, no closer than from here to right in the middle of this carpet before you get to the end, right in the first row. And you could smell like he had thrown a barrel of alcohol on him. He stunk with alcohol. And I approached him and I said, what's going on? Oh, I knew you would come out here and talk to me. I asked for you and I said, yeah, of course, you're, you're my brother. Well, I don't know about that, he said to me. I'm going to kill myself. Now, Bishop Lyle will tell you a lot of these folks in a lot of these halfway houses and a lot of these shelters, that's part of their repertoire, part of their speech to see if you're going to feel sorry for them. But this dude looked pretty serious to me. He, he kept saying, I'm going to kill myself, and, and I think God is going to be all right with it. I go, what? Where did you hear that? Did you miss any of the stuff that I have brought out here and the teachings and, and the other pastor? No, no, but I, 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 I don't care. So here's what he, he told me. I signed myself out. I knew where I could find someone that would have crack cocaine. I bought crack cocaine from them, and I, I interrupted. How'd you get the money? I have money stored away. Oh, really? Okay. You never, you never sounded like you have a penny in your pocket while you were living here with us at the shelter. And I bought crack cocaine, and then I got, I bought liquor, and and I, I don't like myself anymore. I don't want myself anymore. I want to die. And I said to him. Well, I want you to think this way. You think the pain that you're receiving now is bad? The pain that your soul is going to receive when you land up in hell is going to be worse. And he stepped back from me. And I said, brother, I'm trying to help you. And he, he put his head down. He didn't want to hear anymore. And then all of a sudden, he would come up and say the same thing over and over. So I went inside the shelter. I told the other pastor, I got to open up. Would you mind talking to him? And he also prayed with him. We cannot find him now. We don't know if he died, committed suicide or what. I believe he's still okay out there. But what am I saying here? God had him in his hands. God was providing for him. God was loving him. God was giving him a... a I hope in the future, right? In Jeremiah 29, 11. But this man said, I don't want that. It's like Esau wanted that meal. Man, I got, I, I got to have that pizza right now. I can't go without that pizza. Forget about the blessing that's coming my way. And see, the word of God tells us we need to be awake and alert to understand that if we continue compromising the word of God, the walking with him, and being focused on, on his teaching, there's going to come a day that you and I may not find our way back. That is sad. I know some of you may say, Pastor Peter, I don't agree with you. 
Well, I'm only telling you what the Word of God says. I didn't make this up. Okay? So there may come a day that it may be too late. That's why we need one another. That's why I love that when Pastor Rose said, we want to pray for these three people. Because people here need to know that we are together. We love each other. We care for each other. Listen, I may not agree with everything you're doing. You may not agree with me with everything I'm doing. But you know what? We still have to look out for each other. But look out for each other in what? In Jesus' name. Not in our way. I can't save you a lick. And I said this to the people at the shelter, and they go, oh, come on. But I said, dude, don't come here to listen to me preach because you think I can save you, save your soul. Only Christ can do that, not me. So if you could, go to Hebrews 10.26. Moving right along. Hebrews 10.26. The Word of God says, for if we sin willfully, here we go, this is what I've been talking about. After we have received the knowledge of the truth, well, what do you think God Jesus tells us? I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if you receive the knowledge of the truth, Pastor Rose talked about wisdom. Well, this all comes in together. I didn't call Pastor Rose and told her what to talk about, but that's what God does. Because God wanted to deliver this to all of us tonight. The knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. What is that saying here to us? If we walk in the truth of Christ, we don't have to worry because we know the Holy Spirit lives within us and the Holy Spirit is going to say, Hey, what are you doing? It is not okay to drink two bottles of alcohol. It is not okay to go find your buddy so you can buy crack cocaine. And again, I'm not judging my, my friend. I became friends with that gentleman. He didn't ask for anybody, he asked for me. Not because I'm a special guy or I can walk on puddles of water, but because I always told him, the only way through the Father in heaven is through the Son. Stay focused on Jesus Christ, not religion. I kept telling him that. Yeah, but religion, religion is actually, listen, yeah, you got to go to church. It's important that we fellowship together. It's important to come together. But religion is not going to save you a lick, man. I would tell him that. So, there is only a way out of the fire from hell. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. i got to be bold with all of us. That surrounds us. Do you know the fire from hell is already here? Ooh. Wait a minute, Pastor Pete. I haven't bought, bought my plane ticket. I want to get out of here. <laughs> You're not going to escape. The fire from hell is already in this world. God said it would be. Why do you think things are happening the way they're happening? Why do you think you and I are seeing more people turn away from their families and, and not even, first they turn away from the family of God, number one. But really, number one, they turn away from God. I don't want to know anything more about God. I've heard people even say that. I am sick and tired of your religion. I've had people tell me that at the gym. Because, Brother Taurus, I talk about Jesus in the gym. I mean, I don't beat you up with Jesus. But I talk about Jesus when people say to me, 
Hey, how you doing? Happy New Year. Uh, happy holidays. They say, Merry Christmas. Jesus loves you. Huh? Some of them respond that way to me. But that's okay. I still love them with Christ. I'm not going to beat them up and say, Oh, oh, you, you, no, 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 you, you're going to hell. Federal Express. I'm not going to tell them that. But I'm going to tell them there's one that loves you. There's one that can give you hope in the future. No one else can. Not Buddha. Not Mohammed. Not the three stooges. Not the three little pigs. None of that nonsense that this world thinks today. That they, they thinks they can save them. Church, if the want and the desire are there, you and I want to do what's right. But continue lying to others, lying to our spouse, lying to our family members, lying to the church. How can we expect for Christ to embrace us when we cry out if our hearts are wicked as someone that does not really know the living God? We've all been there. Come on. Nobody here is an angel. Only Jesus is perfect. We've all been there. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have. But see, I believe this body of Christ sitting right here, because I see you in action every Sunday, and I see you on Saturday, some of you on Saturday, and some of you on, uh, on Wednesday, and I know that you come up front because you're seeking for God's healing. You're not seeking for Pete and Pam and Brother Chris to give you healing. And, and Bishop Lyle, you're seeking for God's healing, for God's hand to be over you. And God uses me and others that are up here to pray with you, like, like Sister Sophie and others that love you, that care for you, and lay hands on you. And they're praying earnestly from their heart, not because they want you to slip a 10 after they leave you in their pocket, but because they love you. And that's what God is asking for from us. If you could go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. And he died for all, including me, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So that's the whole key. I don't even have to read my notes. When we die and God resurrected you and I, because we are resurrected, we are sanctified, okay, we were redeemed. If you truly do not believe that, maybe you, you're in the wrong place. Ooh. But we were resurrected, we were redeemed. Then we know that we're always going to have a way out because the fires are always going to be around us. And in this woke, woke world that we live in today, oh my God, every time I see the news about what's happening in states, like one state that you guys know very well in the Pacific, oh my God, the rules and things that are coming out in that state, all they're doing is the state government of this state is going to control your life. That's all they're doing. And people don't even realize that. But I see more and more cars as I'm out there on the street from that state than any other state. They're coming over here. Wow. They must come over here not to see old man Pete. 
They must come over here because there's freedom here. You can speak without people ridiculing you and putting you down and, and saying that you are radical, that you are racist, that you are a freak. I mean, I've had people call me all kinds of stuff. But I always say to, and it doesn't happen all the time, but I always say to some of them, I say, well, I know one person that knows who I am. Well, yeah, who's that, your mama? No, my mama is in heaven with, with, with that person I'm going to talk to you about. With that heavenly father, the Jesus Christ. Okay, and of course they don't want to hear. They turn around and they book. That's fine. I'm still going to pray for them. But listen, you heard it from Pastor Chris many times from up here. And Sister Sophie and others. There's no negotiating with Jesus when the end times are here. You cannot negotiate with Jesus and say, Lord, I got a, I got, I got a couple of rings I want to sell you. I got a beautiful watch. I got a necklace. Come on, Jesus, hear me out. No negotiations. Not with Jesus. Not with Jesus. If you could, go to Philippians 1.27. We're almost there. Philippians 1.27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. You heard Pastor Rose mention that tonight. Your conduct, my conduct is important. So that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. This is, this is the Apostle Paul. Well, this could also be Christ saying, hey, even if you think I'm not in the room, still like the godly way, the righteous way, the holy way, the faithful way. That's what Christ is telling us. You're not going to hide anything. And one day, all of us are going to be facing him. Is he going to say, um... Don't even bother. Goodbye. I don't know who you are. And I know none of you sitting in this room want to hear that. I definitely don't want to hear that. Because he's not going to say to me in the back, well, you know, yeah, you know, you came from that island, Cuba. You know, there are a couple crazy people from there, but I'm going to give you. No. There's no breaks. You either got to make a decision to be in Christ for Christ, about Christ, and understanding that without him, you and I are nothing. We are nothing. Our pensions, our social security, I know some of you are looking, I'm not that old like you are. And another brother in the room that's kind of old like you, that are receiving pensions and all that. Well, what I'm trying to say is not about it's going to save you. Your jobs are not going to save you. Only Christ will save you. Even if you are the best contractor in South Florida, that will not save you. And he knows who I'm talking about. Anyway, the last, last scripture is, if you could go to Joel, the last one for tonight. Joel chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. 12 to 13. Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart. Remember, I preached about the heart. 
And that's what God wants from us every day. Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. We're going to go through tough times. We're going to lose people in our lives. We're going to mourn. We're going to weep. But when we turn to him, he will give us the comfort that we need. I know my brother that's sitting in the room just lost someone in his family not too long ago. And he was very brokenhearted about that. But he knows, talking about you, he knows that God is with him and God giving him comfort, him and his family. Because it's tough to lose a loved one. It's tough to lose a friend, someone you grew up with. And then you find out. We just lost someone in the ministry that Bishop Lyle knows from the shelter that Jesus Loves You ministry that I belong to. Sister Peggy just, uh, you know, had a massive heart attack and she just died unexpectedly. The woman that served with us and Bishop Lyle and Pastor Rose know her. And uh, I'll be going to her service this Friday. But, uh, but you know what? The thing I always loved about her was she always had a kind word and a smile and a laughter for everyone. But I tell you this, she never compromised the word of God with anyone. And all she was was serving the food at the shelter with us. She wasn't a preacher, a minister, a chaplain, whatever. But see, God can use anybody. Don't let anybody tell you, well, I don't know if God can use people from China. What? I don't know if God can use people from Cuba. What? God can use anyone. But your heart has to be right. Your heart has to be right with him. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. See, what is this saying? We always have a way out. Because Christ gives us a way out each and every time. But if you're still thinking the way the world thinks, I'll pray with you and I'll pray for you. But again, I cannot save you. Bishop Lyle can save you. This church can save you. This is a relationship between you and Jesus Christ. You either want him or you don't want him. Oh, you can't say that to me. I'm telling you. And, and remember, God doesn't look at denominations. He doesn't look if you are Baptist or if he doesn't look at you if you are uh, an Adventist. If he doesn't look at you if, if you are uh, a Pentecostal or a Catholic, he looks at the heart. And he's interested in you and I. And we have to be faithful to him. We don't want to get caught in that fire. We don't want to get caught in that fire because the fire is breathing down our necks right now. And if we're not strong in the word and strong in him, we're going to be consumed by the fire. A lot of people lose their lives in fires all over the world, especially California, and lose their homes and everything. And then you hear about people. Again, I'm not making this up. <laughs> they find out that they were believers. I'm not saying this is always, okay? But their house was the only one that was saved, and they were saved. You go, what? God still is in the business of miracles. Let's go to God. Bow your heads, go to God. Father God, Lord Jesus, we thank you for tonight. I thank